You are Locked On Pacers, your daily Indiana Pacers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Pacers podcast. My name is Adam Friedman. As always, I'm a staff writer, IndyCornerRoast.com. And join me on the other line because it is a weekly show once again. I know it's a Tuesday, but it's still a weekly show. Mr. Tony East. Tony, Pacers 2-1 and one in the week, but uh, pretty bad loss this week. Any top thoughts you got? Adam, there are there were four games. We did not even clarify our timing of recording. Oh, oh yeah. Well, <laughs> that, there's that first mistake. Yeah, so we're recording this uh, Sunday afternoon about 4 o'clock. Obviously, something really big happens in the Hornets game. We will uh, re-record this podcast. So this one, actually, you won't hear this podcast. So I don't know why I'm saying that. Um, if you're hearing this podcast, then nothing major happened in the Hornets game. Um, yeah, we just scheduling-wise, we kind of figured this is the best time to do it. Um, we're still going to have a normal show. So we'll do kind of week look back, obviously. We're going to do a... We are bring back our weekly, uh, what now New Year segment of trade talk for ten minutes, and then we'll preview the uh, upcoming games on Wednesday and Saturday. But that's how this one's going to go. So if it feels like we don't have all the information, it's because we just did do it. We did it before the Hornets game tonight. So the only games we have to talk about are the shellacking of the Suns, which is boring because you should shellack the Suns. Um, the other way, schlacking by the Sixers, who destroyed the Pacers, and then the, eh, they, they dispatched the Mavs pretty easily. Uh, they played a pretty good defensive game that game. So that's those are the games that we are talking about today. Yes, and I think that's kind of the best place to start. And maybe we should start positive, and maybe we should talk about what went right in the first two games. Does that seem like a good good start for before we get kind of into the uh, the negative look look out for this team? Yeah, they just the Suns are just terrible. <laughs> well, the Suns and the Mavs aren't much better, to be honest. Mavs are okay. The Mavs are hanging around five hundred all year. They just no, but they just Lucas stunk well. and got ejected, and then it was easy after that. That's a fair way to put it. <laughs> um, no, I I mean the the teams they beat they should beat, and um, I got to pull the Suns. Remember the exact? I'm trying to remember the box score now. I'm on top of my head, but that was the game where Bowie had a really good game, right? I uh, don't think so. Yeah, Did the he? Suns with the Bojan and kind That's of right, Turner. 20 points on 12 shots. That's right. Where Turner, once again, kind of had a good well, – he didn't really win the Suns last time, but it was sort of one of – that game was sort of an expected game, but it was it was that night where, like, I think I think five or six NBA games went, went to a blowout, and it just was – it was an expected win, and it was one of those wins where it was, like, what, they eight got double figure or seven got double figures because Carlson – or only got, to, only got to eight, but it was just sort of one of those games that you kind of expect where – Oliva didn't have to do too much. He kind of was able to sit back and let everybody else kind of ride hot hands against some pretty easy matchups. Yeah, the Suns just suck. It was not fun to watch. No, it wasn't. I'm trying to <laughs> – I think I gave up watching it by the third quarter. I, I made that. it all the way. I saw the Alizé 3. It was awesome. Yeah, I mean, I saw that on Twitter. <laughs> I just don't think I was, like, watching it live, if I remember right. Yeah. Um, Miles played good in his first fully immersed game back, which was good. Well, then – he played full. Well, I guess he was kind of in foul trouble against the Sixers, so yeah. maybe not. No, the Suns was his f- first fully immersed game back. Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. I was. I'm, I got. Okay, I got to get the, get the days right in my head. Yeah. No, you're <laughs> right. All right. Sorry, I made about three mistakes to start this podcast. Now I will get focused in. Sorry, guys. <laughs> it was good to see him play well, uh, both ends of the floor too. Sabonis just ate alive every Suns big. They do not like Aiton's good for a rookie, but he doesn't have those impact things that centers with more years in the league have and. Sabonis and Turner just ate against him and Rashawn Holmes 
and then Booker didn't play very well, so they had no way of scoring. It was a, it was a very easy game. Yeah, is it? Am I safe to say? I mean, this might not agree, but the best player of this week probably was Tyreek Evans. Yeah, no, it, he was. That's like uh, I tweeted this last night because I was so excited for him. Um, but after the Mavs game, I'd say since Christmas they played eleven. He's probably played good in eight or nine of those games. To be to to be fair to everyone, the two games that that he stunk in, that one of those was the Cavs one, and I think the other one was the Raptors one. He was really bad uh, in both of those games, like really bad. But the other games he's been pretty good in, which they need this from him. Hopefully those knee injections really helped him, and or he's just hitting a groove. Either way, uh, this needs to stay. Yeah, what exactly did he have with his knee? I know I was I heard PRP, the same thing Westbrook's gotten a million times. Okay, so I guess since he returned day after Christmas, his just stat line is 12.5 points, two assists, two rebounds, but on 46-37 shooting, which is uh, pretty good for him. Yeah, pretty good for a guy who was basically shooting 37 and 37. Especially, especially when you add in that those two horrible games I talked about, he was four for 15. Yeah, and he's so had, outside of those games, he's been really solid putting the ball in the basket. Yeah, I mean, he's had nine game double figures, and that's yeah. also pretty good. I mean, he just, yeah, he he looks more like the Tyreek that was advertised the preseason. He's decisive. Nate talked about, um, I asked Nate about him because he had, he led the team in scoring after the Mavs game, and I was curious if like something had finally clicked or like the injury stuff had happened or what. And it was just like, yeah, I trust the dude to make good reads, like. I want to put the ball in his hands and put him in the pick and roll a bunch. So Nate still has a lot of faith in him. So maybe we'll see a lot more of him playing well. Well, and frankly, he probably should have had a good week because none of the three teams they played have great benches. One, the Mavs are were, de- were depleted in general. They've got what they're down. JJ Barea, um, Dennis Smith didn't end up playing. Okay, well, the, the, flip, the, flip, the flip side though, like Boston has a good bench. He played well against them. Like, yeah, but I'm just talking about this week. Run. This, yeah, this, this week, week. <laughs> was was not. The, the easiest or the hardest of opponents. I will give you that. Yeah, well, the Sixers were hard, but the Sixers bench is not great. The Sixers are about seven guys really deep. Probably comes playoff time, they're probably going to play to McConnell, Muscala, and maybe not pass that probably. Oh, right? breaking news, Adam. The Pacers just signed a player. Who'd they just sign? They signed uh, Stefan Hicks from Fort Wayne on a 10-day contract. One of their favorite things, giving those Fort Wayne dudes promotions. That's, is that, I guess it's not weird, right? No, not at all. Right, they give them a 10-day so they can still kind of get yep. the last roster spot. Yep. All right. Well, technically, that will not be breaking news because it was, I guess, on a Tuesday, but <laughs> on the show, it broke. Live reaction. Um, I guess other positives to take away from the week. I mean, I'm, I'm maybe stretching here, but I thought that played really well against the Sixers. I mean, that's obvious by his stat line, but he had just one of those like, well, where the Sixers are weak, I guess, is, that, is at that four spot, depending where Simmons is playing defensively. And so Thad was able to take advantage of the last time they played, and he was able to kind of do it again. I thought. He played well, and then nobody else played well, but Thad had a really good night. He did. Thad is having a great two months of play after December was really good for him as well. I mean, contract Thad, man. He was uh, just as good last year. I am i don't believe in contract years. Just, he, just I feel like he's having a two-month run. Just so you know. No, but I mean, I remember this a little while ago, but this two-month run right now is better than any two-month run he's had with the Pacers. Yeah, probably, probably. That's all I mean, and that's because it's a contract. No, I, I agree with you. There may be not... I mean, I do buy a little bit of the contract year thing just because it means you're – I feel like the guy is pushing himself a little farther knowing what's on the end of the the reward at the end of the tunnel, I guess. Yeah, he has been really good these last two months, but I just – I don't believe in the 10-day con- – or the 10-day, wow. The uh, expiring contract year stuff. There's not a lot of data that backs up that that's like a real thing. I mean, he has been really good, but it's just – Yeah, but, I don't, I don't think it's but really isn't right. there – I mean, I guess there's maybe not any – 
I guess not any data set on it like per se, but I feel like from the there, eye no, there is data. There, there is data, and the data oh, suggests there. that it's not real. Yeah, but it, couldn't it be real in certain instances? I guess. Uh, no, not really. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just thinking. I'm thinking that if you're in a contract year, you're gonna, you're more likely to um, push yourself to an effort that maybe you wouldn't in a non hundred. You know what I mean? You're willing to play yeah. 35 minutes a game because you want to have the. Was he averaging like 12 and eight on his stat line right now this year, give or take? I don't so have the stats in front of me. He's almost at 13 points per game, so he's at 13 and six right now. So Iron maybe. Yeah, he's actually playing less minutes too this year, but I, I don't know. Maybe it's – I mean, it probably isn't really a contract year thing. I, was, I just feel like – I feel like he's definitely hitting a stride that he hasn't hit yet in a Pacer uniform, and that's kind of where I feel like he's at right now. I don't know what that – if it means anything for his future play, but it does mean right now that he's pretty pretty dang good. Yeah, he has been really dang good, um, and the team needed him to be really dang good because some other guys have been struggling, and he's always been a steady hand, so – it's so encouraging that that continues even when they're they're in trouble. And he talked about like sometimes they need a guy to jump up and energize the team after they got thumped by Philly. So he knows what they you need. You don't make me for not for not not cussing them. He well, he could hold back. He's dang. He, he's good at holding back. <laughs> no, so you 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 cannot make fun of me for uh, saying dang instead of uh, damn. Why? You used the word dang like three times in that in that thing. And you're like, I know. Well, I have a really stuffy nose too, so like NG sounds are really easy to say. <laughs> oh, fair enough. All right. Um, should we move on to, I guess, the negative part of the week? I mean, I, I feel yeah, like, is there anything else positive, I guess, that you really liked? I mean, Alizé's three, is that positive? Alizé hit a three, yeah. that was sweet. Uh, Aaron Holiday dimed him up, which was cool. Um, Tyreek, we got that we got. Yeah, let's just talk about getting smoked, 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 smoked by the Sixers. Yeah, so the Sixers' loss was one twenty one oh six. No, ninety six. Sorry. Yeah, don't give them those ten points. Nah, that. Um, so we took the game. So Vic had the second most points at fifteen. Ooh, a miserable six of twenty. Yeah, he was not very good to the to the point where people were questioning if he was like injured or not. Which he clarified after the game, he's not. Yeah, he told, uh, you asked him that, right? That was your question. I was going to ask him that, but I actually did not ask him that myself. Um, so do you, but, do you think he would actually say if he was injured, though? That's not yeah, concerned. Okay, about. well, no. But, he, you know, in the same media scrum, he talked about how it's just like him not being aggressive and, like, getting the shots he wants. But he also said, you know, at first it was injury, like, for a little bit because he had to ease back. But now he's there and he just hasn't played the way he wanted. And you can't just, like, suddenly do that. Yeah, I mean, I, I I would say it's not injury. I would say the difference between this game and the last game they played against Philly was, um, oh, it needed to be Jimmy Butler and he's, you know – the 10th best player in the league when he's kind of not being a complete ass. Yeah. Well, my, my big takeaway from this game is, is, is kind of simplistic, but like they just missed a lot of really open and easy shots and they generated the shots they wanted to have. They just didn't make them. And like Nate talked about that in the presser. And then I asked uh, Thad and Sabonis about it and they both basically said the same thing, which like, this is the expected answer, but it's just, you know, it's what you hear. It's like, uh, you know, how does it feel to just play your game and miss those shots? And they both basically just said it sucks. It's so frustrating because you're pros who've spent your whole career trying to to set it up so that when you, you know, when you have these shot attempts, you make them and then you miss them. And all of a sudden now the Sixers have easy transition points. And then, you know, in the first half, I think they went into halftime down eight or, or nine or something like that. Six. Uh, it was just six. It was a pretty yeah. close. I mean, yeah. I thought it was back and forth till basically that third quarter run. Right. So what Nate said and, and what they kind of agreed with is like after a while, that just gets so deflating that, you mentally just get drained and out of the game because it's like, why aren't these shots going in? Oh crap. I just got beat on D. So like, 
obviously the Sixers have their three best players are all really good defenders. Like plus defender is not enough. They are like all very, very good. So there's something to missing some shots, but missing as many as they did that were just open good looks. I think it was somewhere between 12 and 14 just missed uh, layups. Um, you know, that's, that's an anomaly. And I don't think that they, you know, played well enough to win even with the right shots, but it definitely would not have been a 24 point loss that, that gets us like in free fall of how good this team is. Yeah. I mean, I think, you hit the point exactly with the with this team. The Sixers generally are a really good defensive team. So last year they were really fourth, they were fourth in defense. This year they're tenth. But remember they added Butler. So like when you look at it on paper, you're thinking, okay, you went from being the fourth best defensive team in the NBA and you added what Jimmy Butler's maybe we'd rank him among defenders top five. Top I mean, he's one of the better uh, defenders. Yeah, top ten. Yeah, wing defenders. I mean, there's but yeah. like he's one of the maybe the five best wing defenders in the NBA. So you should. I mean, once you figure it out, that's you're just adding a great a great defender to an already great defense, and so that was why they. I mean, I know they missed some open looks. I understand that, um, but in general, they got more contested looks, especially for. I mean, Butler for a while was kind of squashing Bogdanovich, and then he switched a little bit on Vic too, and just I don't know. It seemed like nobody could really feel like they get in a rhythm, and that's kind of what a good defense does. It just throws you off your rhythm the entire game. That's why even you, when you don't make open looks, because you're just out of rhythm, out of rhythm. They constantly. did an okay job throwing these sectors out of rhythm in the first half, but then I think they just shut down on D in the second half. And, like, Thad's takeaway was not even the – they scored 96, and Thad was more about the defense sucking than the offense, which when you give up that many transition opportunities, your defense is going to suck. But um, Well, and I would say part of it, too, is – Turner is just not a good matchup for Embiid. It's like no, it's kind of his it's kind of his antidote no, no, no. to his rim protecting, I guess be able to guard defenders on the perimeter. Like Embiid is the one player, he just give him the ball post to just constantly post Turner up. I mean, he'll make moves on him. I mean, what he had 40 in the last time they played. Um yeah, he kills him. And I'm not sure that I mean there might not be an answer for Embiid in general. Um honestly, I don't think Sabonis is the answer either. I think Embiid is just that good of a player. I mean, he had 22 and 13 and what he get the eight assists, he almost got triple double. I mean, he's just He's that good of a player. And I think part of it too is that the Pacers maybe don't have the um, I'd say outside of Vic, the clutches or you know, best players in big moments. You know, the Sixers have three guys who maybe don't have experience in terms of Embiid and Simmons, but three guys that you would say, you know, you trust those guys to end up, you know, to come up big because they're great NBA players. That, yeah, the, I think that they just match up really poorly. I mean, we say that every single time they play, right? Like the Sixers are a matchup nightmare. But last year the Pacers got the bet. I mean the the Patriots well, they didn't them. have Jimmy Butler last right. year. So <laughs> it's kind of at least another point. So the Patriots are what, what, the four seed right now in the East? Yep. Four or five or somewhere, but they're close. Um, is this team, though, probably they you would guess in the playoff the odds on favor to make the NBA Finals? Absolutely not. East? Absolutely no, you, not. You I think we're the fourth best team in the East even in the playoffs. Really? I So where do you put the Patriots? Third still? Fifth. Fifth, okay. That's, I mean, that's fine. That's where I would put them. Toronto, one, probably Boston or Milwaukee, two, and the other one, three, and then Philly, four. So, like, sure. you look around the East, right? And But no team has the better three players in this than the Sixers, right? On most courts, they will have three of the best four players, right? Yes, but they have none of the next five. <laughs> but isn't that, isn't that how the no, Toronto team... has Toronto has two of the best five, Boston. Yeah, no, but I'm saying, I'm saying one through four, they'll have the three of the four best players in any court, and Butler no. has the ability to be... No. No, against who? Not the, the Raptors would have two of the best four. You think Lowry's better than Simmons? Yes, I do. Okay, that's fair. I, I mean, <laughs> but I, I mean, I, don't, I feel like Simmons, obviously, his size and I guess he can't hit a jump shot, so I don't know. But I, I don't know. I, I feel like in most matchups, even the Raptors, you could say they almost have three of the four best players on the court, and that's kind of how LeBron won the East for so many years with the Heat, and then with the with the Cavs. 
he's nasty and can well he's nasty but I, but <laughs> i'm saying is, is that's kind of been the recipe to win in the east you know when they get to playoff time who cares if you're 12 deep you can only like you don't really need seven or eight guys well, yeah, i agree with i agree with that but i don't think the six or stars fit together well enough plus plus their depth to, to well, make them better than where they are right now. Well, I would say two things. One, they're probably going to get a guy in, in the buyout market, if I had to guess. Agreed. And two, and two they're four of Reddick, Butler, Simmons, and Embiid is really – I mean, imagine if any, any other team in the East is top four. It's just I don't agree with that. So, which one? Just give me Siakam, the Kawhi, Kyle Lowry, Danny Green, better. Oh, I don't know about that one. I mean, it's, I mean, I, I agree it's not like a huge gap, but that's I don't know how much better that top I'm four. a big Raptors guy. We'll okay, talk so, about them later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we will talk about them later. So I'm trying to think. Butler and Kawhi count each other out. And Bede's better than any of those guys, though. Anybody else on the Raptors. Not Kawhi. No, no, I'm saying if, if Butler and Kawhi cross each other out as canceling out, then the next guy is Embiid. There's a pretty big gap between Embiid and whoever the, next, the fourth best guy is. Yeah. I, I, I really like the Sixers team Like in terms of – I mean, I don't like them because I don't want them to win. But in terms of like, – I think, I think <laughs> they could George win. just sank them. That was sweet. That was sweet. <laughs> yes. But I, I I just think this team has the, – the Sixers have a uh, – I would put them as close to favors to win the East in my mind. Wow. Just, I just think they're – I mean, if they can just ride Butler, Simmons, and Embiid for 40 minutes a night, which is maybe not possible in the playoffs, they have a real shot. Now, Oklahoma City, that was that was pretty nice. I mean, I don't want to pause about Paul's podcast because, you know, we're not the Oklahoma City Thunder podcast, but that was pretty nice. And it helped the Pacers. That's what Miles Turner said in the playoffs. He, he saw it and he goes, well, that helps us. I mean, I know, yeah, we, we don't need to do the Paul George thing because he's having a, what, an MVP year probably. He's amazing. He's uh, amazing. Yeah, so another thing about the the, the top team sinking the Pacers, um, they have. they you know the, Period, they have. Um, another thing about those games, though. So Philly uh, shot 53% from three-pointers, 18 for 34. Uh, the Celtics shot 44% from three, 14 for 32. The Raptors shot – 52 percent 17 to 33 that's all really good um and that's super not gonna happen every time i mean they're gonna get high up there because they're really good teams that's how it works but it's not gonna be that good uh, every time and that is that is insurmountable like over 50 percent, you lose like even if you are making your shots you just lose so some of it is just cleaning up the three-point defense will get you right back in the game yeah but that's insane Three times in a row. So it's clearly a trend. Like, I'm not saying it's a fluke. They all did it. But you have to have better three-point defense and discipline. That is embarrassingly bad. Yeah, but what's the Pacers' weakest part of their defense when you think about it on paper? It's three-point shooting, right? Uh, three-point defense. really. I mean – It's three-point defense. Yeah, it is. Not really. They don't really have a – I mean, Bojan and DC can't really stay in front of anybody. Neither can McDermott. But it's not like their three-point defense is really bad. Yeah, but they don't have any smothering defenders on the wing. Cool. Ebo. Okay, and, who, and I think that has more to do with ball handling than like a jump shot. I don't know. I feel like the the weakness is three point shooting. Essentially, it's only because what teams can do is they'll beat Collison or blowing off the dribble. They'll force Turner to panic in, forces kind of everybody to switch around. All of a sudden, guys in the open from somewhere on three point line. For the Raptors, did, it, essentially, it's all about containing the guy in front of you. Which when they have to break down because someone gets beat, that's when it matters. But I don't think anyone individually is like getting get killed. It's when everything else breaks down. You have to keep your guy in front of you at all times. I guess my thought is that they have two guys you can do that to a lot, so it makes it easy. Yes, you, you, can, put, you can put either one of those guys in a pick and roll a ton. Yes. You, you have two ways to kind of versus like a lot of teams have like one. We defend the Pacers have two, which is a problem at times. Yes, it's why Joseph plays end of games when it matters because he can actually. Because he's a very good perimeter defender. Yeah, a, and they, the Pacers besides that don't really have. I mean, they don't have any like. 
I mean, they have Thad, who's been a pretty decent defender at times guarding forwards or small forwards, but besides that, they don't really have any like tall, lengthy defender besides that, I guess. Yeah. But I, I think, I mean, I just think the weak point when you have a team that is really disciplined in passing the ball, it can kill the Pacers just, and that's what the good teams in the league are, right? They're, they're willing to kind of let the open guy shoot instead of just trying to force shots. Constantly. You got to keep the guy in front of you. Yeah. They do have a weakness of that because yeah. like, like Turner's so good because he can clean up some of those messes, but if they make two extra passes all of a sudden, you know, you oh, got yeah. to rotate. Right. Isn't Turner's fault. Turner's defense is that he forces you to take threes because you don't want to come to the lane. And that's, that's, that's right. kind of like why it, it happens because teams are like, oh, I'm not going to go in and shoot a, five five foot floater because Turner's going to swat that thing into the stands like we have to we have to find other ways to score and mid-rangers aren't worth anything so we're just going to keep kind of knifing into the lane and hoping somebody gets open on the perimeter just keep doing that constantly right right um but i also think against the sixers i mean just in, i mean general d bus to play better i mean i don't i don't know how to put it he's got a oh yeah that was that he's good. he's he's got to figure out i mean i understand that teams have adjusted defensively to him and he's got to figure out how to adjust. And that's, that, that's the next step a star takes is. He had the seven it. assists. He did the first part of that. The second part is not shooting so many off the dribble threes or pull-ups from the from the elbow that he's not been hitting at all recently. Actually, he yeah. got threes okay against the Sixers, but in general this week he did not. So I'm going to bring up Paul George because simply it's sort of what. So when Paul George first came in the league, he shocked everybody the way he did. And was able to kind of go to the rim and score at ease and do kind of all the other stuff of the game. Then teams adjusted to him and forced him into contested layups that were hard for him so he settled for a lot of jump shots well now he's sort of adjusted again as a player and figured out how he find the right balance between okay i can pull up anytime or i can get in the lane and get an efficient shot and so that's what only needs to go next he's to figure out kind of how he can get that balance of i can be really efficient by the rim but also can hit this pull up three sometimes and so that's right. his, and that's his next level to reach and i don't hopefully he finds it by the end of the year but i don't know but i mean it took paul george what three seasons to figure that out probably yes I mean, it took him a long. I mean, he was. I mean, he's still a good player. Both Oladipo and George was still a good player, but to get that next type of like greatness, you, that's that's how you reach it. Mm, I agree. So uh, he. I mean, and especially a game it's like Philly and like that Boston game earlier. It's it's those games where your best player just has to like when other guys are struggling, just step up and be like the the guy. And yeah, he, six for twenty just will not cut it. Period. No, and he doesn't have to take twenty shots. I mean, if he's six for twelve but creating everything for everybody, and then they lose a the game because nobody had other shots. I mean. Then you have to figure that out, but yeah, he you can't just keep taking pull up threes that are you make. I don't know what his rate makes him at, but he makes him at a decent rate, but not a high enough rate where it's like super efficient shot. Right. So not this year, at least. No, not this year. I mean, you look at his shooting splits; you, they're actually almost identical to Luka Doncic, except that he shoots less <laughs> shots. No, seriously, wow. I mean, they're like I think Luka was the same thing at forty three and thirty six, but Luka uh, taking like eighteen shots versus sixteen. Yeah, which which right, Luka's having a good year, but for a rookie, but he's not having a good like a great NBA season. He's having a pretty good NBA season. <laughs> no, and that's what Oladipo's having a pretty good NBA season, but he's not having a great season. Anyways. Right. So Luca's forty three and thirty six on fifteen shots. Sorry. So actually, he's a little better than Oladipo. On offense. Yeah. On off. <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, this is all just points. I'm talking about like offensive efficiency, not right. defensively. Yeah. No, I, I understand. But to get to that level where like he should be a no brainer All Star starter, even when he missed ten games, or eleven games, he's got to find that next gear, I guess. Yeah. It has not been pretty these last few weeks. There's a reason people are asking him if he's injured. Yeah, and I, I don't. I know you had tweeted out that you asked him, or somebody asked him in one of the media scrums. I don't know if he'd tell people he was injured. To be honest, I don't know if he would. Well, but he talked. He talked about being like playing slightly injured earlier, like after he returned, which is why I really don't think he is. Because why would he bring up that he used to be and, but he's not anymore? You know, like I think he would just say no if he actually was. 
I guess, but if he's hurt, but like not severely hurt, like it's just like a subtleness where he can't get the quite the burst of speed he used to have. I wonder if that's that's possible. And that maybe I mean, is it are we are we are you at all concerned that this is like the you know we got let's say a hundred games of Great Old Depot and that's going to be it? Like we're never going to see that again. You all concerned? Uh, no, I'm not. Okay. No. <laughs> I I'm not concerned yet, but we'll see how this rest of the season goes. Yeah, I don't think that's the case. I mean, um, even if this year never recovers, it could come yeah. back. Yeah, and on a positive note, they're thirty and fifteen and third in the East, so you know, yeah, that's, that's pretty good. And they don't they don't seem to lose to bad teams. So besides that stupid Cavs game, <laughs> that was where they got through <laughs> to the end of the game. Yeah, where they really won the game and they got hosed by the refs. But uh, no, they're thirty and fifteen, so it's been a good year so far, right? They're they're sixty percent of the way through, about halfway through the season to the amount of wins we thought they'd get, or more than yep. we get. Yep. I mean, right? What, what's their on pace total? So if they win two thirds of their games, they're on pace for like it's like 50, 51. No, two, 51. Two thirds is 51 of 82. Yeah, 27 times three. 27 is 81. Times, 27 yeah. times three is 81. So a third of those have gone 54, 54, 54, 27. Oh, there two. it is. Yes. 17 times three. Adam. 50, 17, very good. 17 <laughs> times three is 51. I got the first part of the math right, and you got the second part of the math very wrong. Yeah, but <laughs> so 54 wins they're on pace for. And, We'll see. They got Ooh, that was embarrassing. This guy gets a little tougher. It does for sure. <laughs> so they play some better teams. Um, so we'll talk about that actually in two seconds from now. We'll take a quick break, and then we're actually going to talk about our weekly uh, trade corner. All right, Tony. Do you want me to start with the the blockbuster trade or a semi blockbuster trade? I guess your blockbuster trade. Actually, no. We'll save it. We'll save it. Do All right. Me. So the first the one. Huge trades that scares me. No, they're not huge trades. Well. They're they're definitely trading the top eight player for a player. For okay. Um, so the first one, and because my tabs are being annoying, I have to re-pull them back up. But the first one was I was trying to figure out how they could acquire Aaron Gordon. Okay. Uh, this has been a project of ours for or of mine for a little bit. Um, so obvious with the magic, they're probably they're starting to kind of fade outside that playoff race. They're 19 and 27. I don't know how many games back they exactly are of the eight seed, but they're starting to get farther and farther away. And, looking probably to go into tank mode. Now, I don't know if they'd be in for Zion Williamson or what, because they have a ton of forward center players. But anyways, Aaron Gordon, I still think it's being misused. Whatever it is, is not being played right. He makes about $20 million this year, give or take, 18 19 and then Declining. Declining. Declining contract. So his contract becomes, becomes pretty valuable it's over beautiful. time. And so the Magic clearly need a point guard, who, lucky for them, the Patriots have three of them who they could trade them, right? In theory, yeah. In theory, so I'm gonna pull up the Magic's um, salary cap real fast to make sure I have this. I have the numbers matched up. But essentially, you would you could either do two ways for Aaron Gordon. It makes 21 this year, so you would probably be willing to take back like a Jaron Grant or somebody low if you're trying to get a player back that at least has some value. So Jaron Grant is 26. He's a point Bad. guard. He, he's not great, but he could play in a rotation. For, he could play in a rotation rotation and be fine. Uh, no, he cannot. <laughs> he's really bad. He's the I reason he, the Magic don't have like a 500 record. Because DJ Augustine's really? been okay, and then they put in Jerry Grant, and he's just bad. Well, you probably first of all, you probably wouldn't play him. You'd probably play him behind. And Aaron Holiday isn't involved in this trade. You so. absolutely would play him behind Holiday. I agree. Yeah. So what I mean, sorry, what I meant in rotation, I meant by like if he's the the fourth point guard, he could fill in for a game or two and not be the end of the world. That's sorry. That's that's what I meant. Yes. Um. So. Combined, Gordon and Jerry Grant make about $23 million. So to get there, you probably could look at something like our boy Darren Collison and, or um, Tyreek Evans and maybe a Thaddeus Young. That's okay. probably the move. 
Okay. Um, now, why did the Magic do this? So the Magic do it because they want to get off Gordon's contract. Maybe you throw, throw in a second round pick and like that, but they oh, do it. They, they did not they, sign him to a declining, really good deal just to get off of the the deal. They did that well, they, to get assets. Hold on, and the asset here is they get. So now the question is, what pointer would they want? Would you have to give up Corey Joseph? That could be the issue, or Tyreek Evans. But you give them a point guard they could have, they could use in that couple of years. Oh man, they, 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 would, they, they would laugh at you for that. I don't know. I mean, what would you have to throw in that? Another first rounder, I guess? A first round pick? Yes, absolutely. Okay. And would you at do that for the pace? At least. Yeah. Well, what is he really getting more than you're really going to trade three assets for Aaron Gordon? Well, you just said he's really good. He's only 22, 23 years no, old. He's not really good. He's being misused. He could be better. <laughs> he is really good and being misused. Um, and he's the client. His, his contract is really good. He's a good player. Uh, yeah, they're going to want more than expiring deals for him. Well, also look at the fact that clears up their cap a little bit. Uh, they have pretty good cap sheet outside of yeah, that. Yeah, they, they're they're pretty much on cap. Busy Mac Biombo. Oh, and they're um not a big. Where do they have Mozgov? Which one do they have? They ended, they shook out with one of those guys. I don't. They remember. have Mozgov right now. That was That's so confusing. Six, Sixteen for next year. So, <laughs> but here's here's what I'll say: is they would make this trade because it would get them a point guard who they could use for the next three or four years, which they need a good point guard to develop their the center. The, the only the only point guard on the Pacers roster they could guarantee to have for three to four years is Aaron Holiday. So if you're willing to throw in Holiday, I'm sure no, you but but you don't think they could they could throw a big money contract out of Darren Collison or uh, Joseph? Well, why not just wait five months? So that, so that that's the question, right? You could do it. So there they'll be at 83 millions that will be 25 in space, right? Yes, give or take. Um, assuming they don't bring back Vucevic or Ross. If not, they end up looking more like so they bring back Vucevic, which I I guess I don't know if they're gonna do right. That would be they'll keep him. He's really good. Right, he's really good, but they have all these centers, so I'm, it's kind of confusing. So they bring him back. What's Vucevic worth? 15, 20 a year? Probably 18. Yeah, he's going to be an all-star, so 18. So 18 puts him puts him right up on the cap, essentially. They're $5 million below. So then they yeah. can't get a guy. They can't get a guy, Darren Collison. Bird rights. Bird rights are a thing. So for, sign a point guard oh, and resign. Well, it. okay, so fine. His his cap hit's going to be 15 because he makes 12.5, right? So 125 of 12.7. So fine. Then they have 7 million in space instead of six or that'll get something. That'll get you something. That's not worth trading away. Aaron Gordon for expirings. Eh, It might be. I totally disagree. (laughs) Well, I mean, they, they, they need to get a point guard in there, right? I mean, I don't know what value they have to have Aaron Gordon there. Let's put it that way at this point. I also don't think that, that DJ Augustine has been like, like Mark's worse than Darren Carlson this year. So, no, that, so I mean, maybe, doesn't make a lot maybe of you have to give up Evans or Joseph. I mean, I just well, I don't know why either of them moved the needle to get a 22 year old, very good player because it clears. Because I think they, they don't need guard. to clear space, though. I think they want a point guard <laughs> who is better than Augustine. They don't have one. I think Collison, I mean, I think Collison's locker room presence would also be really good for them in general. They can, they can, uh, they can get a guy in the summer if they Are work. you sure? I mean, how many guards? Have to, I mean, a lot of people looking for yeah. a guard. I mean, there are, and there's not a ton of guards going to be available to some that are going to be moving. Yeah, there's going to be anyone better than who they have now. So. Yeah, but, I mean, if you brought – let's say even if you gave him two, let's say you gave him Evans and Collison. You're not willing to throw in Aaron Holiday, then then how how good do you really think this guy is? Like, I think that you're that you're missing how good Aaron Gordon is here. This is uh, this is yeah. not this is not even close to the correct value for Aaron Gordon. Okay, that's fair. I mean, <laughs> but so so let's say you throw in Aaron Holiday, then you throw in Holiday. Yeah, I wouldn't do that, but that's about what it would take. Do you think it's worth it? How let's say you do Holiday makes two, so that counters out for Grant, and then you throw in let's say you throw in Evans and and Thad. Uh, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't do that, but 
That's probably what the, the, the trade would look like. Is that a good move for the Pacers long term? Yeah, uh, maybe. It depends how much Aaron Gordon can be. Uh, I don't know what the right word is. Harnessed. How much they can harness that of Aaron Gordon. Yeah, I, I guess my only thought with Gordon is I don't think he's quite worth Aaron Holiday value, but I don't think he's – I think you're probably right. He's not quite worth some expiring value. So maybe you throw in just your own first-round pick and that gets him. Maybe that's where you settle at. Yeah. Maybe that, maybe that works. And that way you can keep – protected or something? Yeah, I mean, but they're going to be in the 20. I mean, they're going to be 25. So maybe you throw in your – I mean, that's that's what I could see, I guess, maybe them throwing in their first-round pick. And that 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 could move the needle for the Magic, certainly because the team just isn't good. And if they just want to – I mean, I don't know what the the end game of this Magic team is. I really can't figure it out because they've got three centers, and that doesn't really make any sense. So I don't know. I mean, do they, they have to trade one of those guys? Maybe that's the move for an asset, and I don't know. But it seems like Aaron Gordon is being wasted away, at least on this team, if I had to say. Uh, yeah, but I don't think that means they're going to trade him for expirings. I think they could he force his way out of there? Could he say how went no, out? No, absolutely not. So he could signed he a four year deal, he's going to be there for four yeah, years. Yeah, now. but do you don't think he signed that four year deal knowing that he was going to be traded? I mean, come on, no, <laughs> yeah, was it who signed a declining contract for sure? I mean, he had to have a no, okay, I'm probably not going to be here for all four years. I think if you had you asked him and he was telling the truth. He said, I wouldn't, I knew I was going to be here for all four years. They probably said, we'll give you four for 70. And he said, I want four for 90. And they said, we'll give you four for 80 and make it declining so we could trade you. And he said, fine. Yeah. But I feel like you have to know if you're making contract, you're not going to, you're going to be traded most likely, but how bad the magic are. Well, why does that affect his trade value? <laughs> no, it, it, it doesn't. But I'm saying that he can force his way out of there then. <laughs> theoretically. They have him for four more years. He cannot do anything. He's just, being, he's just being so wasted away. You, I don't know. He just, he, he's the one player in this league where I feel like... But he's doing okay for them. I don't think he's being wasted away. I think well, the team like, is I terrible. Like, he's he's yeah. be playing in playoff well, games. He'll be playing in playoff playing games. Jerry, they're playing Jerry and Grant 20 minutes a night, and uh, Mo Bamba sucks because he's a rookie, and Johnny Isaac's basically... Exactly. They're, they're probably two years away by the time he is, he's in. I mean, he'll still in be two years, they'll have him for two more years. Well, no, I'm thinking he'll be good by 2021, 20, 22. Okay, well, he'll be there still. I just say, I just, I want him on the Patriots. I, I, I guess I would, I would certainly think about it if you could figure out how to get him on the team somehow with, with a point guard and a pick, if that would might work. I mean, I think that that's the the centerpiece of a trade. And I, they, I do think the point guards the Patriots have have value because they have so many of them. They have three guys who can play point guard. Yeah. And they don't need all three technically, really. They can figure out how to get a some kind of wing player, for, another four that would be really helpful for their team. Getting a forward would be ideal. Yeah. Um, so then I would not do it in a trade though. I would just buy out of yeah. it or something. As you can tell, I mean, I've wanted Aaron Gordon since the summer, so I'm just trying yeah, to figure it out. A lot of people and had. I, I agree with you. You probably have thrown a pick, but I, I would have had to throw an Aaron Holiday on that kind of trade, I guess. Well, then you don't get Aaron Gordon. <laughs> yeah. That, no, that that's fair. But I mean, maybe you should sell. Maybe you should sell high on Holiday right now, right? Uh, no. <laughs> no, maybe. I mean, I don't know. What are the odds he really becomes a great player? Who knows? You know. There's been a lot of guys who could flash the rookie year and fall apart, and that's where my next trade comes in. Hey, go ahead. Yeah, all right. So the next trade, this one is a – I guess I had to reopen all my tabs. So Mike Conley, I was yes. a big we blockbuster. We had this chat in the 8.9 group chat of Mike Conley trades. Let's go. So Mike Conley makes a ridiculous amount of money. Let's be clear. He makes way too much money. He's really good, but he's not $30 million a year good, right? Uh yeah, accurate. Probably like twenty five million. He's probably twenty five, but he's not thirty million. Then thirty four. Was it thirty four million the last 32, year? Thirty two, thirty four. Yeah, so it's a lot of money. But if you're the Pacers, frankly, why not sacrifice your future cap space? Because I so I argued, anyways. I argued for Conley. Oh, um, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. This I is, like Mike Conley a lot. 
And I feel like Conley is good enough level of guy that you could say, okay, we saved our cap space to get a guy this good who fits this well. Okay, perfect. So then let's talk some trades. So, so I don't think, well, I'm going to burst your bubble and say, I think you don't trade for him now. You wait till the summer and just take him into space because the cap relief is the thing that the Grizzlies would want so much. So I think you don't do that because I think the East is the most open it's going to be over the next five, three years this year. With Kawhi going to the Clippers, uh, I don't know. The Sixers, that. dude. Sixers are going to be really good. How are they going to get better? Because Embiid's going to get better because he's 22 years old. And so they, they either keep Jimmy and that's their team or they lose Jimmy. Yeah. They oh, 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 yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely think I'm going to be able to beat a team that has Embiid who's 23 in another year of great of, – his legs under him. Simmons, I don't, I don't know gets, how to get like, I don't know how to Butler get, like, is going to be at his peak by 30, you know, I, I how do they get appreciably better. What the, the, the Sixers, you know, yeah. they get better. They have, the, they have three really good players. How do they get appreciably better? They have a ton of picks Butler that they can, starts, that they can flip don't. for another guy. Don't the Sixers still have a ton of Miami picks or a Miami pick left? They have one in 2021. Yeah. So a pretty good Miami pick left to flip. That is their only uh, option left. They're 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 good. They're gonna and B's gonna be the best player in the East fight. I mean, if he's not right now, I mean, he's not better than Giannis, but he's he's really good. He's really say, good. When, when did he jump Giannis? Because that that no, he hasn't. But Embiid's really good, <laughs> and he plays with two other really good players, which is it's hard to be any team with. I don't know. I feel like this is the year where they're like still weak because they're still kind of inexperienced and not the chemistry hasn't fit yet. But by next year, they'll be kind of figured out. Maybe. No, I, I could be wrong. Butler could be a disaster for any team, so I could I don't be. Know. I'm, that's why that's my argument for this year. Now you can agree with that or not, but that's why my argument is that this year is very open. The East is really open. What's your second trade? So the trade. Now that I was <laughs> trying to get to it, um, Conley makes thirty and a half, and then Omer Omri Caspi makes two point one. It's about thirty two million for the Pacers on their side. Um, they, I believe, I had I had a Doug McDermott in this trade. I had yep. Tyreek Evans because last year they loved Tyreek Evans in Memphis, so send him right back there. <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay. I mean, he was great down there. Down. He's from there. There you yeah, go, buddy. Doing you a favor. Have fun. And um, I think – well, first you would get to put Holiday in it too. I mean, you have to. That's the only way this works, right? Oh, man. that I've, I grappled with that because some people were talking about trading for him now. Uh, I, like, could the Grizzlies talk themselves into cap relief in a first? Like, I don't know if that would work for them or not. I don't know. Uh, but, don't know. okay, actually, Thad and Tyreek are from Memphis. Oh, my gosh. That's what I was going to say. So, the Thad. Stars. <laughs> so, that, so that was my move. So it was Thad, Tyreek. You might need to do McDermott. It might get you over to, over too much. So maybe you have to kind of figure out how to put, like, Leaf and Heron Holiday into it. Um, but I was thinking that Caspi can kind of do what McDermott does. Now, we, McDermott's younger than Caspi and has been a little better. I mean, I don't know if he's been a little better this year, but he's been what he is. But it's a similar player for this season, at least. A guy who I feel like you could put Caspi in your playoff rotation and it wouldn't be the end of the world. Yeah, he's been like a locker room problem every single place he's gone, though. Is the only pushback I have on Omri Caspi. But he's shooting 52 and 35. Okay. <laughs> I mean, in not very many minutes. I, I actually didn't know that on Caspi. He had a I fight mean, with Garrett Temple. Remember that? Is that what it was in the Kings that distracted him? I guess. No, that was this year with the Grizzlies. Was that this year with the Grizzlies? Oh, with so, he be, so he's got to be traded anyways. To trade or cut. <laughs> they got to get him out of here. So fine, but maybe don't give up McDermott. Maybe I think when you if you put Tyreek, Thad, Holiday, and you put Lee, it gets each other right. I'm almost matching on numbers. I think you're close. I've, yeah, it might be another, another way you have to do it, but it gets you close. Yeah, I uh, I don't know exactly what the value, like what they're looking for for Conley. A lot of that depends on how they feel about Gasol too. Um, but yeah, I think he's gettable for cheap, just because they might be looking to hit the reset button pretty soon. I think they should have the button like today. Uh, yeah, I agree. I think it's been time. Um, well, especially if they yeah, get. I, if, so, so I've been I've been really angry for this. I think he's probably like the most gettable guy who for the Pacers in terms of fit and talent for them. 
that makes sense. I know the money's insane, but it's only two years because he's for sure going to opt in. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> no way he's not opting in that $34 done, million dollar yeah, payday. So you can just, like, if he doesn't opt in, it's honestly a blessing at that point. But, you know, you could operate like that in trades. You could say, well, we only know we're getting this guy for a year. Like, the price for him is not going to be very high. So, so a couple of things. Is is there a way you could do this McDermott, Collison, and, and Evans and keep that to keep the team intact for a playoff run? Um. It's tough, right? It's tough. You have to add that. in another asset somehow. So probably. you you put you put Holiday in that one. So you give him basically three point. Well, that's too much. Yeah, you give him three point guards. Yeah, for one essentially. Yeah. Um, if you do, do that. that, I think you definitely do that, right? If you could do that, I'm a big yeah. I'm a kindly guy. I think for the right price, I would trade for him. I don't know if I how many assets I'd be willing to give up for the money, but he. Would so be my thought is, great. Too is he'd be a fantastic fit on this team. Yes, and my also thought is that it might be time to get rid of Thad, sell high on his good year. He might probably not going to return if I had to guess right now, just because I don't think he wants to come back. Maybe he does for the team, but right. it, it was very tenuous last year, so I'm not sure if that's going to be um, I could be brought back. And second of all, I think it might be time just to commit and all into the bonus turner for a year, see if it works. If it doesn't, then you got to trade one. But like at this oh, point, you have, kinda, well, the playoffs also, and I agree with that. But I think the playoffs also be very telling in that way of like, does this work? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean. As much as I, I think separately they've both been great this year, it's at some point like you're you're limiting one of the guys' ceilings essentially by yep. not by not letting them play together. Not and, you know, and you're limiting the ability to get a guy who can play in the, the last five minutes of a playoff game. Right. Which I mean, and it's it's it will probably be one of the hardest. It's probably going to be the hardest decision of Kevin Pritchard's tenure so far. Is well, I guess trade to Paul George. That's pretty tough. But yeah. <laughs> in terms of, of, of this <laughs> this roster construction, I guess. I mean, of things that like he wasn't forced to do, it'll be with the hard thing he has to do. Because I think, unless they can play together, which maybe they can, but like I feel like Sabonis, Turner, Oladipo have like a, a bond kind of together. That's I don't know, going to be hard to break, and it might disrupt the locker room. But I don't want to think ahead like that. I just no, but that's, I mean, that's why I think that's why you got to get rid of that and just commit to it. You're going to oh, no, have I want two. that. I want that the rest of the year. I, I know. I, I I do too. But I I, I mean, once they, if they lose in the first round of the playoffs, does it really matter? Like whether they have that or don't yeah. have that. Yeah, it does. They'll get thumped. They'll get thumped without him. Not for the three seed. They're the three seed. They could be whoever. They, they could be three seed. If they didn't have that. Okay, well, yeah, that's a different thing. How do they get the three seed without Thad? <laughs> I mean, Sabonis and Turner could do it. That is the third. The- Whoa, okay. If you added Mike Conley, you, you could be the three. Okay, seed. yeah, maybe. That's, I, that, that, that's what I mean. You don't just sell Thad for a reason. You sell Thad for a good player. I, I need to get an I Heart Thad T-shirt. No, and I'm not trying to get a shirt, but it says I Heart Thad. Yeah, I'm not trying to hate on Fab. Just think that like he's My not going to return. He's going to get a decent <laughs> contract, and he's not going to return. So you might as well kind of. I wouldn't high. trade that for Giannis. Just kidding. I would do that. But <laughs> calm, down. calm down. All right. Um, I guess is there any other thoughts with Mike Conley? I know you said you were talking about it with your eight. No, that answer. we we covered a lot of it. Um, the 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 downside for Will Fur because Will Will probably will listen. No, that this is happening. Um, will was the big no 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 please don't guy. That kind of money come out of the guy who's had tons of back problems and an Achilles tear who could decline soon because he's over 30. You know, that is scary. That, that very clearly there is a lot of risk to the move. So devil's advocate, yes, there are a lot of reasons not to do it. But Connolly and Olipa would be the best <laughs> they backcourt fit in the so well. I agree. That was, that was my thesis, right? It'd I be the best backcourt in the East. You, you, you save your space to get a guy who's really good and fits, and he checks both boxes. So maybe the, if you could do it for Evans, Holiday, Collison, and McDermott, I think you would do that in five. I seconds. argued for it in the summer, just so you could use your cap space 
and give I up. Know, but, but imagine a top seven where you still have Thad, and then you're off your bench is Sabonis. Yeah. Yep. Joseph. And then I'm trying to think who would be the eighth. I mean, you don't even need an eighth guy in the playoffs, but you can make Caspi your eighth guy. Uh, yeah. If you can get Caspi also, yeah. Well, I think you can't get him in a trade with Conley. I think you could probably. Uh, I guess. I mean, I don't know what what are they what are they keeping Caspi for? I'm I'm kind of thinking he's expiring as well. You can get. No, you, I just it, don't know so, why they'd be like. Sure, you can also have this guy. So that they get hot. I don't know. I guess because <laughs> I feel like it seems weird to trade four guys for one player. Like you need some other guy filler. Wave guess. a bunch of dudes. Yeah, some. It catches them one of the guys they'll wave. I guess I don't know. I don't know who they wave. He's so. I don't know. I, I just I'm thinking of a top seven. Let's of preview Conley. the week ahead. We've been talking about uh, this. Yeah, we have been. But Colin <laughs> the top seven make this team. That'd be the best. Oh, would probably be the best backcourt. No, frontcourt. No, backcourt. Backcourt. Back you were right in, the first in time. In the Eastern Conference. Don't like yourself out like that. I did. I thought in the Eastern Conference. <laughs> they would be for sure. Probably. Yeah. Okay. Whoa. Sorry. All right. Well, Tony's playing some music. Let's take a quick break and on this side, we'll preview this upcoming week. All right, welcome back into the Locked On Pacers podcast. Uh, so the Pacers' first game of the week, it's actually a pretty tough week coming up. Like, I mean, I guess it depends on the good thing the Grizzlies are, but two teams who are were decent at least at one point, and you got the best team in the Eastern Conference, and that's the Raptors at 35 and 13. Um, you want to do the numbers, Tony? I would love to, Adam. The Toronto right. Raptors, best record in the NBA, 35 and 13. They are sixth in offense and eighth in defense and 17th in pace. And very good at beating the Pacers in Canada. Very good at beating Yes. Them. Well, they should have won the first one. They even won in Canada. And I, I saw some stat about the last time they won in Canada. It's an alarmingly long time. Well, they won the, that one postseason game in Canada, game one of – They uh, should have won, too, if Solomon Hill knew how to sh- – like didn't forget how to shoot the ball. Yeah. Or if Paul Remember Canada? Yeah, that was in Canada. That yeah, was they should have won game five in Canada. Yes. They should have. They should have. Um, but – so that was the last time. It was 2015, I think. Good Lord. Um, so you brought this up to my attention. It is a back-to-back for the Raptors, correct? Yes, that, you know what, we'll just spill the candy in the lobby. Both teams, the Pacers play this week, Raptors and Grizzlies, are both on a back-to-back, while the Pacers have giant gaps in between their games. So they have so, a rest advantage, and they can scout just that one team. So that that, that that's a makeup for the last time the Pacers played the Raptors, or two times ago? They, sure. played them, they played them on a back-to-back two times ago after playing. Raptors hadn't played since Sunday, so they had three days yeah. off, and then they played the Pacers, and the Pacers had play it back-to-back they had just lost at home to the Cavs on a heartbreak so yep it also means Kawhi might not play because I don't he's still not playing back-to-back correct yes I think so I believe so he's on my fantasy team and it keeps pissing me off every day so I'm pretty <laughs> sure I'm pretty sure it's true because he has been really good this year but he's playing three times every week instead of four when he should be playing four wow first world problems right man <laughs> <laughs> um, so speaking of Kawhi, he's obviously been their best player. He's been is he he's top five MVP candidate, probably. Uh yeah. Uh no, top ten, probably not top, top ten, probably not. There's been a lot of good hard hardened shot up from probably eighth at one point to first. Um so Kawhi is twenty seven point six points per game, uh eight rebounds, three assists on a very nice fifty, thirty seven, eighty five shooting split. Yeah, he's insane. He is just insane. Um, um, no one will ever catch Harden, but yeah, Kawhi is making an argument that he, well, never forget that Kawhi is, is showing that he's clearly the second best player in the East and not as far behind Giannis as we all say he is. Um, he's insane, it's so hard to stop him. He stops whoever he wants to stop. Um, I, I just there's no way to game plan for him. You have to game plan to contain stuff around him, but not actually him. If that makes he sense. played in their first game, but the second time was the Pacers, correct? I think he played both. 
Did he play in both? I thought he right? did not. Maybe Lowry didn't play in one of them. Lowry did not play in one of them. I agree. Well, you know, but, you might. I can't remember. You might be right now that I think about it. No, he didn't play that that Sunday game. I know he didn't. Okay, okay. I remember that now because remember they lost. You the, are right. You are right. We made a whole. They played the night before against Milwaukee and they won. That's right. That's right. So with the Raptors, though, it doesn't matter quite plays. I think because they beat you to death with their depth. Yes, their depth is one of the few teams better than the Pacers. CJ Miles, former Pacer legend, uh, is 11th on that team in minutes. Uh, That's he, insane. I know. And yeah, he, he's like the, and he's probably not their 11th best guy, quote unquote, but like they play a lot of guys more than him. They're deep at center, they're deep at guard, they're deep on the wing. It's like there's no hole in their team to, to really exploit them. And just like the Pacers, because of Sabonis Turner, they can basically flip you on, uh, can match you on center place because they've got a back who can play kind of a stretch center and then you got Valentinus who can play more Valentinus is still hurt I think is he still hurt I thought he was returned uh, I don't think so no you're right he hurt his thumb did he come back and they get re-hurt again he will they told they said he's gonna miss four weeks at the start of this month so he's probably not gonna be back for this yeah game. no but then he he, can't, he came back at one point right and then got re-hurt or he's been hurt um, for his, I think he's been hurt for a long time now oh I thought he came back for a short stretch I could be wrong he has not. I am wrong. I, I feel like he was coming back sooner <laughs> than I thought he was. I think I, I thought he'd be back by June, January. I mean, so I guess I was wrong on that one. So they can't do that, but then they can do Greg, Greg Monroe then. Some kind of, not quite as good as Tunis, but some kind of concept. Yeah. Where they can go big center and play more traditional. Yeah, they, they have a lot of versatility. Uh, they also got Chris Boucher to play some good minutes the first time these two teams played. Uh, and he he's like, a, I think he's a two-way guy. Uh, he really stretched out the team. He, he's a pretty good player. Yeah, so I and guess they have Pat now too. They just keep adding guys. <laughs> so I guess outside Lowry and Leonard, is it Siakam who you are most love, afraid of? Love. That dude is awesome. Or is it Green? I guess I mean it did a box have a pretty good game against Patriots last time too. Siakam I mean, can do everything uh except shoot threes. Green can shoot threes and guard anybody. You know, that's that's such a pro they have. They can they have Danny Green and Kawhi to guard the Pacers' two best scorers. Uh Ibaka's like suddenly Benjamin Button aging this year and is better than he was last year. Fred Van Vliet is super good off the bench. Like, there's not – OG Ananobi, I don't want to talk about him too much because everybody gets mad every time someone in Pacerland says his name. But, um, you know, they, they just have, like, no holes. They're, they're, all those guys have a skill that they are supreme at that, that makes them so good and useful all the time. Yeah, and then – well, what's – it will hurt the Pacers because the Pacers advantage over a lot of teams that they've got two really good bench players in Joseph and in Sabonis, and they yep. won't be able – Although Sabonis might have some opportunities to kind of exploit the uh, the Raptors, it will Joseph definitely won't because Van Fleet's pretty good. Right, Van Fleet is super solid. Uh, uh, is this C Miles? Were when well, no, he last year he played? He played right. He missed one game in the other. When his child was born, remember? But he did play in the other indie game, so yeah. it would not be his first return back to Indianapolis since his since that trade. But is it Corey Joseph revenge game? Corey Joseph always does play well against the Raptors, which is fun and exciting. He did, and you know who also played well against the Raptors back in the day. Uh, Lance Stevenson. I was gonna say you better say Lance. Uh, yeah, fortunately not Lance. Lance was the Raptor killer. For oh yeah, he, he yeah he saved him last year when DeRozan got all pissed off. I remember that now. Yeah, memory. DeRozan got pissed off in that Thanksgiving game and like because <laughs> I, well, I didn't actually forget about that, but I I needed to be reminded of that. That was fun. So so <laughs> on the Pacer side, I guess what is the biggest advantage? Their biggest advantage, oh or boy. their their, their X factor, as we would call it. I guess. In the po- they they're gonna have to win a lot in the post. Um, you know, we talked him up, but like Ibaka's tiny for a center. Valanciunas is out. Greg Monroe is really limited in terms of how far away he can be effective from the rim. 
Uh, and Chris Boucher is a two-way player. So you have to pick on those guys all you can. Try to pull Greg Monroe away from the basket. Uh, make make Serge Ibaka move around a lot. Don't let him get his his trademarked elbow slash slot jumpers. Uh, and I think you can you can get a big advantage there. But um, they they they're so good on D at every other position. It's hard to find a really easy advantage. So Turner's stats against the Raptors, he missed one game with uh, that shoulder thing. Yep. Um, so and that was actually a big part of why the defense might have not been great. But in the other Raptors game, he was only able to play twenty five minutes because he had five fouls. However, he did have ten and fourteen. So he he was a huge factor on the boards, and he you're like you said, he kind of if he could not get in foul trouble, he could be kind of the difference in them winning, especially at home where he, I mean, I don't know the stats, but I'm sure he played better at home. Right. I, they just can't win in Toronto. <laughs> uh, Which but is they bad because they might have to go there. I mean, they, they got to go keep them off too. the three-point line. Um, the Raptors shoot really well, shot really well from three. In the fourth quarter of that game, they came back and won, as well as the whole game um, of the time that they won in Toronto. They're only 24th in three-point percentage, so the fact that they just lit them up is very telling. Um, and they get to the rim pretty well. They're, they're, they're second in two-point percentage. So uh, you gotta be, you got to be on your A game on defense to beat the Raptors. So am I weird to think the Pacers are going to like win this game by 15? Like it's just going to be one of those like, really good Pacers. They beat Toronto at home last year. I think, they, I think they can do it. Yeah, I think they're gonna. it's going to be a back-to-back, and they're going to come out with a lot of energy because Oladipo has been challenging them to beat good teams. Mm-hmm. And they're going to come out really – I guess energetic might be the right word or really well executed might be the right word. And the Raptors who are beyond this back to back will be sort of not ready for it. I guess might be the right way to put it. <laughs> you know, they're traveling in between games too, I believe. Um, yes, they are. They're traveling from, I had it up for a second. And Sacramento. I, Holy crap. That's far. Oh no, they're home from they're Toronto. Home. That's <laughs> not, that's not, yeah. So they're not, oh, I saw <laughs> Sacramento. I was like, that's mean. Why did they even make them do that? <laughs> that would be the worst. That's just so mean by the NBA. <laughs> they made them do that. Um, that's crazy. <laughs> But it, it it does mean though it's not a like a short plane ride from Toronto to Indy. It's, it's, right. three, it's a little bit. It's still probably a two three hour flight, right? Right. Probably, probably two and a half somewhere in between. But yeah, I, I mean, I just feel like this is the kind of game where the Pacers are at home. They've been challenged because they've like I said they've lost to a lot of good teams that they just kind of like really bring it. But I also thought that against the Philly game at home too. So I could be wrong. <laughs> I hope they do. They need to get up and beat one of these good East teams, both for their confidence and so they just they prove they can do it. Yeah, I mean, I got. I mean, like I said, I think Jimmy Butler was fantastic. was so good in that game. It was very oh, good. So good. I guess, and if Kawhi doesn't play in the Raptors game either, too, which I feeling he won't play because I don't think they play him back to back. They just don't want to. So this should be an opportunity for the to win this game if everybody plays. Yeah, I agree. I think they, I think they'll have a chance, but the Raptors are stupid good. So who knows? All right, now let's move on to the next game of the week, and that is the Memphis Grizzlies, who we spent a long time talking about, Mike Conley. Um, so I think we should, we, should, we should start this game. Off so, um, Marcus Saul did not play on Saturday against who they played, but he did not play because of back injuries day to day, so he might not play. But obviously, I think he's the number two player on this team. We should talk about him if kind of right now, as because we spent so much time on Mike Conley. Yeah, the the Grizzlies traded for Justin Holiday since these teams last played. Last time the Grizzlies played the Pacers, the Pacers still had Ben Moore and uh CJ Wilcox, so that was a blast from the past this season. They smoked him on opening night, if you'll remember. Um, but yes, it is definitely, definitely worth monitoring Marcus Saul's injury status because if he does not play, this game is easy. Uh, Kyle Anderson will not play. He's really good. Dylan Brooks will not play. He's okay. Uh, Joe Kim Noah just missed time for personal reasons. So yeah, this game could be a cakewalk. Yes, it could. Um, I meant to do the numbers, Tony. What are the uh, numbers of the, on the on the grid? Ah, uh, yes. 
uh, the 30th in pace. So this game's going to be 90-something to 90-something. Uh, 28th offense and 9th in defense. It's actually pretty good on D, the Memphis Grizzlies. I will tell you, I'm going to this game because I live next Ooh. to Memphis. Oh, yeah. That's right. That about cool. Memphis. I have to still get my tickets, but I'm going to this game. So that will be – I don't know what that will be, but hopefully they win this game. Um, I, the Grizzlies are in a tailspin, right? They have lost – I'm trying to look at their schedule now. I believe when I looked at my preview podcast, they, had, they were 5-12 and 12 the last 17. Yeah, they are crumbling. Uh, that that was the Mavs were five or twelve, but they've so they've lost a lot. Wor- they've worse. They've lost um, eleven of the last twelve games. Holy moly, really? And actually, if you do the math some more, they've lost sixteen of their last nineteen games. So since December fourteenth, they've My won God. three games. They've won What's three. Happened? They. <laughs> I don't they, feel like they've been like banged up. Are they just bad? I think they kind of surprised people start the year, and then they kind of came back to earth because they're not a great team. I mean, look on the paper, right? This is that is a shocking news. I mean, me. outside of Conley and Gasol, they got a young guy, Jaron Jackson, who's sort of, I don't know, figuring it out. But they don't have that many good players out of the, outside those two, and those two in a low West Conference are hard. Are not well, good one's a rookie who's not actually good. But he's yeah, well, no, I mean, and Conley and Gasol are not good enough to carry the team. No, they are. They just have nothing. Not not in a low West Conference. Though. They have no shot creation. In the East, Conley and Gasol would be the sixth seed. In the West, in, they are the, in the East, they'd be a fourth seed. Uh, yeah, maybe <laughs> not this Grizzlies team specifically. No, no, but I'm saying this Grizzlies team in the East would be in the playoffs easily. But in the West, it's hard. It's loaded. Yeah, they just they things just keep not going their way uh, in general. Which could be the fortune to the Pacers, who could maybe take advantage of that and trade for one of them. But that's just another. Yeah. Because we already had on that is true. Twitter. Yeah, uh, outside of Conley and Gasol, like no one's threatening. You know, like Parsons isn't even playing anymore. Garrett Temple is a really good role player, but he can't do anything for himself. Justin Holiday is super inefficient, and then everyone else on their team is just like a guy. Uh, Jaron Jackson's a rookie, so you, you shut down one or both of those guys, you just win. They smoked him the first time they played for that exact reason. I think it was like one eleven to eighty three or one ten. I think it was one on one eighty three. Yeah, they just knocked the doors off of him. Um, Conley and Gasol combined for 24 points. Like the, the Grizzlies just had nothing going. So I don't think that this game will be any trouble. Yeah, it was one of those games where, um, oh, was it just like Old Depot? Oh, it was 111.83. You're right. I'm, I'm wrong. Let's go. Nice job. <laughs> it was one of those games where like Old Depot had like 16 points, but everybody else was so good that it didn't matter. I think they had, so look, they had seven guys in double figures in that game. 7% from the field that game. Yeah, that was Darren Collison had zero points. <laughs> Collison such a bad uh, start. Darren, this he ruined it. Everybody else scored pretty well this game. Yeah, um, yeah, it was the first holiday minutes of his, of his career. That game made it made, made a bucket. He banked it. He banked in the three. That's right. That's right. He, with the bitters. Oh, that's a blast from the past. That's um, but yeah, this was. Uh, I mean, I guess this game will be different than the first one, but I feel like. The year started with the Grizzlies having certain expectations, and that's how they played to start the year. Then they played way above over the next like 20 games. Now they're back where we thought they were going to be right just time for the Pacers to play them again. So <laughs> I feel like this should be it. It won't be a 28 point win because it's not a home game, but it should be a 10 point win on the road. I think so too. I don't think the uh, the uh, <laughs> team is very good. Yeah, and the Pacers, like I said, handle handle their business against the bad teams at least. Yes, and they are now a bad team. Congratulations to the Grizzlies for. Clear cut reaching the bad team status after being a good team for so long. Well, they're 19 and 27, which is like in the West is like no way of making the playoffs. <laughs> no, no chance. They're done. It's yeah, I mean, they, they, they I need love to go the to Grizzlies. Team. I want them to be good so bad. Yeah, it'll be sad once they finally break up to go Salt Conley. It's kind of like an era. I know. I'm going to be really upset. But like, I mean, 
they should have broke up the team a couple of years ago, even now. I mean, they've just been <laughs> yeah. kind of we went 22 and 60 last year, but they, they, I believe they owe their pick if it's top, it's top, top eight protected eight to the protect. So if they're going to be 14, they might as well go all in for the tanks. Then get, I don't know, pick. Zion. No, they, they might. Zion. Well, they, I think that they want to do is just like, let's get this over with. Let's get this thing to convey. That's what Zach Lowe on his podcast, right? Or one of the podcasts uh, he was on. Yes, and I agreed with that. So I'm, yeah. I'm happy to to share that sentiment. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I agree. But if you're going to be 14th in the West, you might as well just go all in. Yeah. Because you're going to be one of the bottom seven teams, right? There's five bad teams in the East, and there's one bad, really bad team in the West. And then if they're 14, that's the seventh. Yep. So you might as well try to get worse and get a – because now, right, the odds change this year too, right? So the odds are a little evener, more even if you're in the six, seven, you've better shot, right? Yep. So – Maybe that would change their mindset. Like, oh, let's get to the five slot where we have like maybe a 10 or maybe an 8% instead of five like it used to be. And we can go get Zion Williamson, which is the prize to all this. That's the reason you tank this year. Yeah. Is there anybody else in college? Huh? Is there anybody else in college? Worth uh, thinking there, for? Uh, there are other okay Duke dudes, but none of them are. Yeah. No, no one is worth quite as much as. Yeah, him. your boy OG really stunk it up. Not OG, um, <laughs> Romeo Langford really stunk it up. And, yeah, yeah, Purdue smoked at you. I did not even know that game was happening. Can you believe that? I was watching it and Romeo just kept missing everything. Really? He airballed a corner three in the second half, and I was just like, not a good day for him. Um, we both agree Pacers win, probably win both games this week. Uh, no, I think they go one and one. I don't know uh, which one they'll lose or win, but. Okay, well, you're just saying that was the Raptors game. That's what that means. The Raptors, right? Mm, the Raptors maybe. <laughs> um, well, they're gonna need some wins because they coming up. They got some tougher games, which we'll obviously preview next week. I believe they play the Warriors on Monday, so we might. Yeah, Warriors. They got the they got the always always uh, interesting Wizards that week. Um, I can't remember. They have they have four games that week. So, well, so they beat the Warriors twice last year, so maybe that will happen. Um, we yeah. well they play the Magic then on the thirty first, so maybe they have a shot <laughs> winning more next week. Um. We'll probably do a podcast, I guess, after the Warriors game on that Monday. Give it, yep, maybe, maybe before yep. it. I don't know. We'll figure this out. But uh, yeah, listen to that one. Um, check out Tony's Monday podcast with a special guest. I guess by this point, you know it it's is out. It's Trevor Booker. Yeah, yeah. Which are, I, I haven't been saying the name yet, but you're right. It'll be out by this point. I guess <laughs> post with 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 Trevor Booker. Check that one out. Former Pacer player. Um, yeah, I've, I, of course, on the Sundays I've listened to it yet, but I'm excited to listen to that one. And um, yeah, we'll be back this week with probably podcast. What again? Thursday or Wednesday for your podcast, and then I'll have one Friday and Saturday. Yep. That's that's like a plan because there's not a lot of games this week, but we'll have some content. Anything else you want to promote, Tony? Any stories you're writing, anything like that? Uh, No, I'm good. All right, I think we've been going for probably over an hour. So <laughs> I hope you guys enjoyed this one. It's a long podcast. As always, you can follow our podcast at Locked on Pacers. Me at Freebound 5. And remember, send all your free agency slash trade questions to at T East NBA. That's Tony's Twitter account. He will love to get those. Um, that's all for his Locked on Pacers podcast. As always, have a great rest of your day.